Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Euro Trip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob, with Honestly, sounding like we're about to dive straight into the episode. We do this every week. Hello, James. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Full of the festive spirit. Full of the festive spirit? What What does the festive spirit look like if you are full of it? Do you mean food? Uh, I, <laughs> I thought it might come back to food. Um, no, I'm not sure. I thought it was just going to be a throwaway comment and you wouldn't make any deal about it. So I'm a bit annoyed that you did. <laughs> you should know by now that that is not how this works. Mm. Anyway, did you see over on social at the weekend i thought we'd do something fun which is one of those like almost like name generator kind of things so what we did was the name of your first pet plus the month you were born equals your eurovision stage name Mm. now i'm going to ask you yours go on well you we did have a chat about this over the weekend and you said james i know you've never had a pet but I i i have had pets no you haven't I did. I did have a hamster at one point, but my, my first my first pet, I don't know if you can class them as pets, were two goldfish. I think we should go for the goldfish because I think that will make this funner. So go on. Let's have both goldfishes individually. So what would that therefore have made your Eurovision stage name? So name of your, fir- name of your first pet plus the month you were born in. Go on. Well, technically the first one would have been Tom August. Which I think, actually, sounds like somebody may have represented Belgium in 2004. Yeah, it's a bit Tom Dice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see where you're going with that. Yeah, Tom August does sound really good. Although, my main question there is, why on earth do you have a pet called Tom? Because the other one was called Jerry. Oh, I see. Jerry August is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry August sounds like he could have won Eurovision in the 60s. For like, <laughs> for like Luxembourg. Uh, mine was, and this is really good, although it does sound a bit like a porn star. Uh, <laughs> mine is Duke January. <laughs> How good's that? Yeah, that is good. Is that Duke with a D? Uh, Duke with a D, yeah. Duke, Duke January. January. Wow. Hello, ladies. 
<laughs> but loads of you got in touch, honestly. We will get to those later on in the podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm pleased to know at the start of today's episode that you did indeed have a pet because I thought that was going to make for a very upsetting start to an episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I definitely have had a pet. But anyway, shall we get on with it? It's time for this week's episode of the Eurotrip. As Jonal Asson always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job. It's part of me. Giannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember! I... So Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face to face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, your beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, But it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, Tom. <laughs> All right, Tommy <laughs> August. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if this was the Eurotrip with Duke January and Tom August, <laughs> I don't know how many people would tune in. Who knows? Maybe more. Yeah, basically what he meant to say there is James. You're called James. People know this already, don't they? Anyway. <laughs> Hello, it's me and James here, as we are every week with another episode of the Eurotrip. One of our final episodes of 2022. More of that on the way. But we are going out in style. This is our last regular episode of the year. And as I say, yeah, we're going out in style. We've got lots planned, including, James, reaction to a big, big story over the weekend. France have won another Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Where on earth did that come from? And I think I'm not the only one asking that question after Sunday's show. Yeah, Lissandro for France won the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in Armenia. A great show it was, broadcast on the BBC for the first time for some UK viewers tuning in probably for the first ever time. And we've got all the reaction. Fabian Randan, friend of the podcast, I think we can officially give him that badge, uh, will be joining us. He's a culture journalist at the French website 20 Minutes. So he'll be popping along to give us all the reaction to Francis Wynne at the weekend. And then, of course, because it is our final regular episode of 2022, we are going to play you some of our favourite moments from the last 12 months. Safe to say, James, it's been quite the roller coaster. It certainly has. I'm sure you've got some of your best bits as well. You can let us know those. We're at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And also, a little treat for you. We're going to be looking ahead to 2023 with somebody very special. Somebody very special and another friend of the podcast. You will recognise them. They will join us later on. So you're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So here we are then, our final regular episode of 2022. Yeah, last day of school vibes. Like Toy Day. Do you have Toy Day? Are you too old that for that? That is, that is... What do you, hold on a second. What do you mean am I too old for Toy Day? Well, only because I was speaking to somebody about five years younger than me the other day. And I said Toy Day and they were like, what? And I was like, come on, Toy Day, you know, where you bring your toys in. And they were like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what, and they were younger than you? Yeah, so I didn't know if it was just a my era kind of thing. No, 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 no. No, we had Toy Day. Did you have the TV wheeled in for the last day of term? Sometimes we used to just have it brought in for random occasions. Like, if it rained outside and you weren't allowed to play out, they would just bring the telly in and you'd watch an episode of Come Outside. 
Yeah, my favourite thing about the, the the TV being wheeled in is that the entire school only seemed to have one television. Yeah. <laughs> so if one class was watching the TV, that was it for the rest of the school. No one else could have it. But no, it is very much last day of term vibes today. That's what I'm feeling. We've let you come in in your own clothes today. <laughs> it's a non-uniform I really have my day. uniform on. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm telling you, Eurotrip hoodies, I'd be keen. <laughs> Would be keen. Uh, We mentioned earlier on that over the weekend we thought we'd do some fun, which was asking for your Eurovision stage name, which we worked out was the name of your first pet plus the month you were born. And as we've already learned today, James, yours would be Tom August. Tom August and Duke January. Honestly, rebrand incoming. Duke January over here. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the year trip with Tom and Duke. I like it. <laughs> but loads of you got in touch. And I really mean loads of you. Just going to read out some of these. <laughs> Laurel got in touch. Romeo March, which is good. That is good. Romeo March is good. Uh, Corey, friend of the podcast, got in touch. And I said mine was a bit porn star. Corey's is a bit adult as well uh, Corey's Corey's uh Corey's is Trixie August oh wow yeah that is that is pushing the envelope a bit pushing the envelope nice uh <laughs> Tina got in touch uh she would be Selena October well that's good I like that yeah yeah Emma got in touch nutmeg June nice strong uh and I'm gonna give you three more and I'd like you to rate them out of ten go on okay Rocky July Nine, solid nine. Uh, Pippi October. Oh, sorry, that's a two, I'm afraid. Oh, no. Who was Pippi October? Uh, sorry, Nadia. A two out of ten. <laughs> and last one, and this is really good. Mickey March. Oh, Mickey March. That's a ten out of ten from me. Absolutely. Mickey March is good. Again, Mickey March sounds like he probably did Eurovision in sort of 1958 or something, one of the first contests. <laughs> Uh, can I quickly clarify something as well from the weekend? Uh, somebody replied, uh, Liv replied, just to the tweet saying, this is a data harvesting scam, I swear to God. <laughs> um, like, can we just clarify that? It absolutely isn't. Where did that come from? But then again, we would say that, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, it, it's literally only Rob and I who do everything pretty much. Uh, we, don't, we don't even have the time to consider doing something like that, never mind executing it. We barely have the time to put together the podcast, let alone, like <laughs> you say, executing some sort of international fraud operation. Uh, my, fa- <laughs> my, my, my favourite thing about Liv's tweet, though, and in all seriousness, I can understand the concern, like, totally get it. <laughs> my favourite thing, though, was then someone else who replied to, to Liv saying... What are your thoughts on how Rob and James are going to use this data? Do you think they're working for the Russians? <laughs> I can promise you, Liv, all is above board. We are not working for the Russians. And it was just a bit of fun. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> Although, yeah, like you say, that's what we would say. No, no, absolutely. Anyway, let's quickly move on. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you about anything, whether it is your Eurovision stage name or anything else to do with the podcast. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. You know what this means? For the final time of 2022, it's time for the very latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. James, I assume 
there is one story dominating those headlines. Mm, what story would that be, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> don't, get this, don't, don't get this a lot in the news, do you? I mean, I, I assume, I appreciate we will get to Junior Eurovision. We'll get to that. But I assume it's the fact that we will have our very first Eurovision 2023 song by this time next week. Mm, yes, that is not news I had considered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the Ukrainian broadcaster are delighted. I was only doing news from the last seven days, not the seven days to come. Although there is something a little bit about Ukraine in just a moment. But should we start with some bits and bobs about junior Eurovision? Um, the Eurovision executive supervisor, Martin Ostadar, said last week that the reference group is having conversations about whether or not to move the time slot that junior Eurovision usually takes place in. Uh, currently, it airs on a Sunday afternoon, but Ostadar suggests that it could move to an access prime or even a prime time slot and that moving it back to a Saturday is also being considered. So we'll see what happens next year. Uh, speaking of next year, the Netherlands has already announced their intention to participate in junior. Uh, they're quick off the mark, aren't they, really? Aren't they? Uh, Germany too. Yeah, Germany too have uh, suggested that they might return to the contest after they took a break this year. Um, but we won't see Denmark return, who haven't competed since 2005. The head of children's TV in Denmark has said that their focus instead lies in the Melody Grand Prix Junior Contest instead. I honestly thought you were about to say their focus lies on the Eurovision Song Contest instead. I mean, they need to be putting some focus into that because the last couple of years, I mean, come on. Come on, lads. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, moving to Eurovision, like you say, Rob. Uh, and 2011 winner Eldar Gasimov has accepted an offer from the Azerbaijani broadcaster Iktimai to become its music producer for 2023. Uh, this new... Eldar, friend of the podcast. Is he officially friend of the podcast? He's only been on once. I don't know if that is that illegally allowed to have the badge. I'm not sure. He's been on once, but I have met him twice. Okay. Have I told you about the story about when I met him in true? Anyway, it's not the time. Carry on. No, but I'd love to hear it. Um, <laughs> the, the news of this came on the same day uh, that the broadcaster launched its selection process for next year. Singers have until December the 31st. That's not long, is it? Uh, to send songs to the broadcaster to be considered for selection. Speaking of selections, in Croatia, the broadcaster HRT has announced that 190 songs were submitted for its national selection process, Dora. 18 songs have been selected for the show itself. Uh, the list includes Damir Kejo, who had been selected to represent the country in 2020 before the cancellation of the contest. And four other artists have been chosen as backup entries in the event any of the other 18 have to withdraw. And here's the Ukrainian news that I hinted at before. Uh, there is a little rumour that Timur Moroshnichenko is one of the two Ukrainian presenters who will be hosting the contest in Liverpool next year. Ukrainian media have reported that the 2017 presenter Timur, alongside 2005 host Masha Efrosini... <laughs> Do you know what? I wrote it down before and I went, I need to remember how to pronounce that and I didn't. Is it not Maria Efrosina? Efrosinina. Yeah, what Rob said. Uh, are we leaving that in? Do you know what? It's last day of school vibes. I'm going to. Uh, yeah, them two. They might be hosting it next year. That's all I've got. There you go. <laughs> and I think I read that piece as well. And and a couple of British presenters as well, right? It's like four of them. Yeah, I, I think that's the way it's looking. I've got my two in mind. I'm not going to say them because I feel like I shouldn't. Have you got an idea of who you'd like? 
I tell you what we should do. Me and you should put these names that we think might host it, the, the British presenters, in an envelope. And mm. then when it's re- and when, when the news is revealed, we should open the envelopes on the podcast and see how wrong we were. Let's do it. Actually, let's do that. I don't have an envelope and probably you don't either. Let's find an envelope and a piece of paper and do that before the air is out. Sounds perfect. Thank you very much for the, uh, for the news, as always. We'll be back, of course, for our first instalment of the news on our first episode of 2023, which will have a lot of news in it because there is a lot to come between now and then. But if we throw back rather than looking forward, of course, James, on Sunday, we had ourselves another winner of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, our 20th winner, of the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Let's not get ourselves in that pickle again. (laughs) Of course, it was France for the second time in three years. Yeah, France are on quite the run at the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, aren't they? They um, they took part for the first time back in 2004 and finished sixth, but then didn't return until 2018. And since then, they came second, fifth, they won, they finished third and they've won again, uh, which was on Sunday, Lissandra with Oh Maman. Yeah, quite a run they've been on lately. And to chat all about it, I thought I'd invite one of our favourite French friends onto the podcast to have a little bit of a chat all about it. It's Fabian Randan. He works at the news website 20 Minutes. He's a culture journalist there. So I invited him on to chat all things France at Junior and a little bit about France at Eurovision itself as well. And I chatted to him a little bit earlier today and I started off by asking him if he saw this victory coming. I didn't expect it at all. And I think it's uh, the same for everybody. And I think that uh, nobody had seen it coming. Uh, Lissandro was a real dark horse. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect him to do so well in this competition. Uh, Everybody was talking about Armenia, Georgia, UK, uh, and France uh, was not in the radar. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, yes, for me, this year wasn't uh, a year for France uh, on the top three places. Yeah, very, very unexpected. What do you think, what do you think actually allowed him to win what do you think it was that managed to give him enough points because we we saw he won the the jury vote he got a lot of points of course in the in the public vote as well how did we not see this coming i think that he had done a very good uh, jury show on saturday and uh, that's why he was number one for the juries and for three years in a row france is number one uh, in the jury um, rankings, so it's uh, yeah, uh, I think that's some. It's amazing and uh, it's great. I think that uh, Lissandro's song "Au Maman" um, stands out among the others. Uh, there is this vibe rockabilly. Uh, it's not really my kind of vibe. It's not really what I like, but. Uh, I think that you remember it uh, well at the end of the afternoon. And uh, yes, there is something um, very junior. A lot of the other songs, for example, uh, songs of Armenia or Georgia, are, could have been in a, an adult con- contest in the Eurovision Song Contest. I think that uh, Lissandro had the same vibe as... Uh, the singer from the Netherlands or Italy, uh, something very childish, but in a good way. 
Yeah, absolutely. What do we know about him? What do we know about Lissandro? Because maybe there's people listening who didn't tune in to Junior Eurovision at the weekend or, or tuned in for the very first time and saw Lissandro. They won't know much about him. Do, do you know much about him? Do the French public know much about him at all? Uh, he was a finalist of The Voice Kids, uh, but a lot of uh, French contestants at the Eurovision, at the Junior Eurovision, took part to uh, The Voice Kids uh, before. It was a case for uh, Valentina, for Angelina, etc., uh, etc. Et so uh, we know that he's 13 years old, he's from Moselle, he's a big fan of Elvis Presley, so that's... Uh, why uh, he had this uh, kind of uh, rockabilly vibe uh, in his song and is um uh, is very uh over excited always, <laughs> always you, you you have to say to him calm down calm down everything will be okay and uh his song was uh, written by frédéric chateau and barbara pravi Incredible for her. We've, we've got to talk about Barbara, haven't we? Because France have been doing very well at Junior Eurovision recently, and she's played a, a huge part. She's written, is it three Junior Eurovision songs for France recently, and two of them have won? Is that right? Yes. Uh, she wrote Bim Bam Toi uh, for, for Carla, and uh, J'imagine for Valentina, a winning song, and the, the song of Lissandro, Oh Maman. Incredible. And, uh, yes, it's amazing for, uh, for her. Uh, I think that uh, we say uh, in French, uh, jamais 203. I don't know what's the equivalent in English. Uh, when we, you do something twice, it will happen a third one, but I don't know if it's a thing in English. <laughs> we know what you mean. We know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's almost like she's the, the key to success. It's almost like if Barbara Pravi isn't involved, then France won't win. It's like she must be involved in Junior Eurovision to allow France to, to win the contest. Yes, we'll see next year if she will be involved. I, I'm not sure that she wants to be involved at all price, but uh, yeah, she has uh, like uh, a lucky charm for for contestants and uh, maybe she has a, a kind of wit in his writing uh, to, to to find a, a way to, to make a, a good song with a, a good impact uh, for the audience around the world. Speaking of next year then, I think some people might have been a little bit nervous on Sunday thinking, well, France hosted it last year. There's no way they're going to host it next year, but it looks like France have accepted the invitation. Yes, uh, Delphine Arnaud, the president of uh, France Télévisions, uh, has already said that uh, the next contest will take place in, uh, in France. Uh, so we don't know where exactly, uh, but uh, maybe it won't be Paris. I think that some of our cities uh, will be interested to host the contest. Where would you like it to be? If you had to choose one city, what would be, what would be Fabian's choice? Uh, I would say Lille, because it's uh, at a crossroad of Europe. It's not far from Belgium, from the UK, and uh, uh, it's a great city. So I think that it could be a, a, a good uh, host city, but everywhere will be fine. I'm going to vote for Lille as well, because I've only ever been in the train station. I'd like to see the city more, more than just the train station. Um, speaking of 2023, I must ask you about the Eurovision Song Contest for France next year. Do we know 
anything at all? What can you tell us? What have you found out? Anything at all? I have no information and I'm a little bit sad <laughs> because, <laughs> um, yes, I'm very curious. Um, it uh, seems that uh, Eurovision France, c'est vous qui décidez, will be, uh, will be broadcasted uh, at the beginning of the year, but uh, we don't know in which uh, way it will take place, um, if it will be uh, a selection as uh, the previous ones, or uh, if it will be a kind of internal selection uh, with uh, the choice of an artist and you have to choose the, to vote for the song he or she will uh, sing at Eurovision. I don't know anything at all, and uh, I tried to <laughs> to ask uh, the delegation and the, the broadcaster, and uh, they said uh, no, no, no. We can't say anything, but you you will know soon. So I think that maybe at the end of the year we, we will have a little bit uh, more info. Let's hope so. Yeah, we're all going to have a lovely Christmas break, Fabian. I think you're going to go out and do some detective work over the next few weeks and try and figure it all out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will try. I will try. <laughs> uh, we'll have you back on the podcast in the new year when we find something out. Uh, Fabian, it's been great to have you on this week, though. Thanks so much for coming on and chatting all things Junior Eurovision. It was a pleasure. You're listening to The Eurotrip, your favourite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is indeed the Eurotrip. Lovely to hear friend of the podcast. I feel like everyone's friend of the podcast these days. We're just so friendly. That's why. <laughs> That's why we've got so many friends of the podcast. Fabian ran down there talking all things junior Eurovision and a little bit of Eurovision as well. James, me, you, France next year. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to do it. By the sounds of things, Fabian wants it to be in Lille. I want it too. Uh, yeah, Lille 2020. What year would that be? 23. 2023. Lille 2023. See you there. It's only next year, which is almost here anyway. I thought that would, that would have been pretty straightforward for you. But yeah, absolutely. Really excited about it. And yeah, of course, when it comes, we will have coverage of Junior Eurovision 2023. Before then, of course, Eurovision 2023. On the way, very shortly, one of the Eurovision 2023 hopefuls, our first 2023 hopeful of the season on the podcast, who will be a returner here on the Euro trip. But first, James, given that this is, as we've already said, end of term vibes, and sometimes when it comes to the end of term, we like to look back on the year that has taken place. I thought we'd do the same here on the podcast, because it's been a memorable 12 months, to put it mildly. Memorable? Quite, yeah, you've, I think you could have chosen a lot of other words instead of <laughs> memorable as well, couldn't you? Chaotic? Hectic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a laptop less. I'm a passport down. <laughs> but all the memories, we've got them. We certainly do. Yeah, it's been quite the ride. Uh, and we've chosen three of our favourite moments from the last 12 months to share with you again. Yeah, please, by the way, do get in touch with your favourite moments from the last 12 months here on the podcast. So anything that you've really enjoyed here on the Eurotrip over the course of 2022, please do get in touch and remind us, as well as reminding yourself, at Eurotrip Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com. But James, for me, there is only one place to start. And given that the weather has been pretty chilly recently, it has given me flashbacks to our lovely weekend in Stockholm back in March. Honestly, I'd say one of my favourite 
moments from the year. Well, I would say that because that's why I've chosen it. I just mean generally, though. I mean, I don't mean just like in podcast terms, but it was the second time that I went to Melfest, but it was the first time I'd went with you. It was our first ever Euro trip on the road. It just all came together for something really lovely. It did, of course. You might remember that we'd been doing a bit of work with SVT, the Swedish broadcaster, over the course of 2022, doing English language coverage in the app of of the Melody Festival and selection shows and and then, of course, of the run-up to the final. And then to go to Stockholm, we also went to the after-party, which is a whole other podcast <laughs> in itself, which was absolutely ridiculous. But before that, of course, we had our winner, Cornelia, winning for Sweden. And we did a very special episode reacting to all of that because we didn't have any idea how much access we would get to the artists or anybody after that grand final had taken place. We saw... I don't know, an entrance that we wondered whether or not we should wander through, didn't we? In the back of the arena, (laughs) we wandered between these curtains and then found ourselves surrounded by all of the stars of the show of 2022. Presenter Oscar Zia, Annette Bratstrom, of course, from from SVT as well. Honestly, all of the big players when it comes to Malfest, they were all there. And we were lucky enough to have a chat with some of them. Here is just some of what happened, because honestly, what a wonderful, wonderful night that was. So we've made our way back inside the arena now. We were outside, we've come back in, and we're chatting to a man who must be very pleased with his performance here in the Melody Festival and fun. Liamu, we spoke a couple of days ago in the hotel. We're speaking again now after the final. Congratulations. Second with the jury, fourth overall. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It does, it does. I'm so happy, and it's crazy to have, like, the second most votes uh, from the international jury. That's, that's a... Oh. It means so much for me and just makes me want to come back here. Shall we go and speak to Cassiopeia? Let's do that. Yeah, so we've found our way over to Cassiopeia. How are you feeling? It's about half an hour since the show ended. How do you feel now? I feel really, really good about uh, everything. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy and I'm, I'm proud and I'm grateful for everything. So from Cassiopeia, we now find ourselves with the runner-up of Melody Festival in 2022. How does that sound? I am the most happiest second placer on earth. Do you know what, Anders? I remember a few weeks ago when I was lying on my sofa at home and you called me because you'd missed my interview. Do you remember? Yes. Do you know what? I couldn't place you. (laughs) I, I I know this guy. Did he interview me at the hotel? But we were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. I love this guy. I love this guy. We have the man that has held it all together, Oscar Zia. You think so? Oh, I think so. Oh, thank you so much. The man that spent a lot of this evening, well, a little bit of this evening, dangling from the roof as well. I know, it was so cool. It was my only demand for hosting this festival. I need to dingle from the roof. (laughs) Well, you got it. I got it. I got it. I'm so happy. Oscar, how have the last few weeks been for you? Uh, it's been a crazy ride, if, and uh, but a great experience. I'm so happy, but also very sad that it's over. And finally, the last in the queue, the person that we've been waiting to speak to, the winner of Melody Festival in 2022, the first interview we had on this series of Melfest Monday, Cornelia Jacobs. Cornelia, congratulations. How are you feeling? You've got your head on your hands because I can only assume... It's not quite sunk in yet? It's like, it's blowing still in my head. I'm like in, in an explosion at the, right now as we speak. 
It's just crazy. And now we're standing here in an empty, huge arena and it was full uh, just half an hour ago. And I don't understand what happened. I'm, I'm going to Turin. Cornelia, what's happening tonight? What are you up to? We're going to party. Uh, I'm going to look for my family and friends. And I got so many people that I want to hug and, and send my love to. And especially the ones who have voted. And, ah, uh, oh God, I can't... <laughs> I can't uh, really understand this. <laughs> Not a bad belated 30th birthday no. present. The best present in the world. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much, Yoso. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I know I said that was one of my favourite moments of the year, but I'd honestly say that was probably my favourite podcast episode that we released this year, genuinely. It was so fun. It was, well, I'll leave it at that. It was just so fun. It really was. It really was. It really, really, really was. No, it was. It was absolutely brilliant. I remember editing the episode in the departure lounge at Stockholm Airport when we'd had about ninety minutes sleep mm. between the after party and our flight home. Yeah. Remember that? Sorry, you want me to say more there? <laughs> no, that's yeah. No, yeah. I, I seem to remember. I seem to remember we had about as much energy at the time. <laughs> Shall we throw it forward then to Turin? Safe to say, there's a lot about Turin that we would like to forget. But before all of that happened, we were also lucky enough to have one of our most memorable moments of the year. And of course, James, it was a chat that you had. We were both there, but you did the interview with the man, the saviour of the UK at Eurovision this year. A man that you cannot escape from, whether it be radio, TV, online, just going for a walk. I'm almost convinced you're probably going to bump (laughs) into him. Sam Ryder. Yeah, what a lovely guy. We had the pleasure of chatting to him. I think it was on the Saturday before Eurovision, so seven days before the grand final. I seem to remember it was chucking it down with rain on the way to see him. I don't know if you remember that. So we had to sort of uh, shelter from the rain as we got into his hotel. And I think we had about 10 minutes or so with him. It felt like an hour. It really did. We seemed to get so much out of him. His energy was great. His charisma, just his whole attitude and demeanor. Everything you see on TV is so genuine, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah, the loveliest man, obviously. I know that everyone has always said that. But this is fascinating to listen to now that we know everything we know. Like, now that we know what happened after this conversation, that makes this even more fascinating. So here's some of what happened when James spoke to Sam, including some of Sam's hopes for Eurovision 2022, which I think it's safe to say he definitely achieved. Now, tell us about your attitude towards Eurovision, because I think a lot of people in the UK especially find it so, so refreshing. Because you look at what the media coverage of Eurovision has been like, especially over the last 20, 30 years or so, and a lot of it has been quite negative. You've put a really positive spin on it this year. Was that really important for you to try and change people's perspectives? Thank you so much for for saying that. Really kind of you. And like I said everything this is a real team effort and um you can't do that without having a loving kind positive energetic team with you you know it's just impossible but for me being involved in saying yes to the opportunity of representing the uk at eurovision which is still so cool to say um it's never about like having an expectation of where we might end up on the scoreboard low or high it has i can't express how little relevance that has to me and I mean it from the bottom of my heart I swear to God this is about remembering that intention with which I was singing over lockdown and being in the corner of that room singing to no one in front of a little green lamp 
and singing for the joy of it, never having any expectation of where it might take me. And where it took me was beyond any expectation I could have had anyway. So I want to make sure that I go into this process with no expectation. And to just come back to singing in a room, because that's what it is, it's just a bigger room. And more importantly, it's about what we do with the platform that we're blessed to have in the lead-up to Eurovision. How do we hold ourselves? What message do we put out? Because I know there are so many passionate fans of Eurovision in the UK, and I want to make sure that myself and the team do the best possible job we can for those fans. The lovely... I feel like we need more adjectives there. The lovely Sam Ryder there. What a man. Oh, I miss him. I miss him. And I miss that jumper that he was wearing on the day. And I've seen him in that jumper since. It must be one of his favourites. Mm, yeah, what a year he's had. His debut album as well came out just a few days ago as well. He's going to be at the New Year show for the BBC on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. And oh, just what else has he done? Absolutely everything. The British Grand Prix. He did the Queen's Jubilee. I don't. They don't have to rhyme, but they have so far. <laughs> but yeah, he's done everything. <laughs> he confirmed as well, I think, didn't he, in an interview very recently, the news that I guess we all assumed that he will, of course, be at Eurovision 2023 as well. He'll be in Liverpool. So we're not losing Mr. Ryder from the TV screens just yet, are we? I don't know why I called him Mr. Ryder like he's a head teacher, but there you are. <laughs> yeah, what a guy. Uh, should we do our third favourite moment of the year? And it didn't happen too long after we spoke to Sam and it didn't happen too long after Eurovision 2022 itself. Uh, I think it was just a couple of days after the grand final. You had probably the ultimate pleasure of sitting down with the one and only Timur Miroshnichenko. Yeah, this is our highlight, I would say, of the year. This is why it's moment three of three on our look back, because what a time this was, because, of course, we know that everything that's been going on in the world with Ukraine this year has been devastating. But that one moment of joy that the country got around that time in the early months of the conflict was that win for Kalish Orchestra in Turin, and Timur was a man that everybody wanted a piece of, wanted a piece of at that time because we'd seen his commentary from that bomb shelter in Kiev, and somehow, and I don't really know how this happened, I got his number. So I still have Timur Moroshnichenko's number. I've got him on WhatsApp. And I can tell you, it's a lovely picture of him and his family, his little WhatsApp picture. I'll tell you what you need to do then. Can you go and give him a ring now and say, is it true? Are you actually hosting Eurovision next year? We've heard a rumour. <laughs> I think I know exactly what he'd say as well. Well, I can't confirm. <laughs> I, I was going to do an impression of him then and decided <laughs> against it. And I'm very pleased I did. But yeah, this is easily our favourite moment of the year because we sat down with him. He was so lovely. I need to stop saying lovely. But everyone we speak to on this podcast tends to be. And that's why we're so lucky to have these conversations. And as James said, this was just a couple of days after the grand final. I think he was sat in his car at the time. He's a very busy man. But he reflected on everything that had happened, not just at Eurovision, but over the last few months. And here's just some of what he had to say to me, especially on the importance of that Ukrainian win. Of course, we saw your reaction. We've seen the video many times after Kalish Orchestra's win, but we're now a few days on. How do you reflect on everything that happened on Saturday? Still the same, <laughs> you know. Uh, that was a reaction, not only because of, uh, of the victory, of course, uh, you know, uh, from 24th of February, all of us, all Ukrainians, have so many different emotions inside, and uh, they are... Uh, pretty negative let's speak 
like this. And uh, during this week on uh, Eurovision, we saw so many su support, so many consolidation, so many Ukrainian flags in the audience, so many pretty words from other artists. And uh, uh, you can't even imagine how it's important for all of us right now. And uh, of course, when uh, Kalush uh, won, uh, when the uh, host announced the results, uh, we just blow up <laughs> with all these emotions. <laughs> and you know, I received, uh, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, uh, thousands uh, messages uh, on Instagram, on social media, and uh, uh, on, on, on everywhere. Uh, and people, uh, Ukrainian people, uh, have written to me just uh, a few words. We cried with you. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. So that was the lovely Timur Moroshnichenko here on the Euro Trip. us listening back to an interview that I had all the way back in May 2022 as we celebrate some of our favourite moments here on the Euro Trip. But, of course, given that this is the end of term here on the podcast, we will finish with the one second song, as you would expect. But we have teased a little look ahead to 2023 as a treat for you here on the episode, we said that one of our favourites would be joining us here on the episode. And that is now why I've hopped on a call to Estonia, because I'm chatting to one of the stars of Estilal 2023. Hi, Cece. Hi. It's a pleasure to be here. Cece, it is so good to have you back on the podcast we had you on the podcast I think about 18 months or so ago we had you had you on yeah. in mid 2021 after you came so close in in SD Loud 2021 back again back again for 2023 I mean what what's your yeah. what's your life been like between when we had you last on the podcast and now I think we'd need five hours for that we genuinely need a lot more time for me to explain what's happened in this past year. I mean, it's been a lot of growth. It's been a lot of change. It's been a lot of uh, growing into myself more than before, you know, 
really um, finding my voice and not only finding my voice, but really finding the courage to use it. I think a lot of people, including myself, we have this thing where we have this amazing voice, whether that's this thing, speak up, whatever, and we're scared to use it. Well, I've kind of found that in myself and it's helped me a lot, even as a musician to finally start, you know, making an album, to really put myself out there more. I'm also an energy healer and a coach, a human design coach. So really start up a business. So it's, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a lot. There's a lot going on there. And I think, <laughs> I think so much of what you've just said is so evident in the song that you are taking to SEO this year, which of course we will talk about very, very shortly. CC, for any new listeners, because like I said, you've not been on the podcast for about 18 months or so. We've probably got a few new listeners since since the last time you're on. Do you mind reminding us of yourself, who you are, your Eurovision credentials and yourself as an artist? <laughs> uh, so I'm Cece. I'm a singer from Estonia. I grew up with music always. Uh, I started getting singing lessons when I was two started playing the piano by myself in secret, hiding it from my parents when I was about 16. And then showing them like, oh, my God, look at what I can do. I started mu writing music at uh, 18. Um, I'm a performer and a singer here in Estonia. And I'm blessed enough to actually be doing something I love for a living. And next to that, I am also an energy healer and a channel uh, channeler. So I uh, work with healings and uh, people with trauma a lot and people who are stuck in life. And I'm also a human design coach, which helps people kind of live a little bit more like themselves, because I do believe most of our problems come when we kind of stop accepting ourselves and who we are and respecting our needs. So I help people get back to that point as well. I, I, I hate to do this to you because I know everyone must do this to you, Cece, and you've done it to us before on the podcast because we've asked you already. Your Eurovision credentials, of course, as well as being an incredible artist yourself. Yeah, so my father won the Eurovision in 2001. So he's the only, it's the only time that Estonians really won before, uh, which is why it's kind of been a legacy in my house. I've never felt pressured by it, but in some point in my life, I was like, oh my God, I have to go to Eurovision. I just have to, like, I don't see another way hearing my father talk about it and really growing up watching the competition every single year of my life right so it's yeah those are my revision credentials and i've tried to get an ac law before so i have a fourth place and the second place as well so maybe this year first maybe i finally get to go to the revision exactly so 2023 will be 22 years since your dad won the eurovision song contest for estonia yeah. back in back in 2001 your dad of course dave benton how is your dad we have to ask on behalf of everyone listening oh he's doing beautifully he got a new kidney. Uh, he <laughs> is uh, learning to live again. He is singing again. And I mean, this man went through things in the past five years that no human should go through. And here he is walking, talking, laughing, living life again. If that's not inspiring, then I don't know what is. That is so lovely to hear. I said there, 22 years since your dad won the Eurovision Song Contest. So 2023 could be a very very special year <laughs> for you and for the family let's talk about you you've already mentioned it there back in Estilal again in 2023 yeah for the third time you're getting closer yeah. you've, you've, had a, <laughs> you've had a fourth place you've had a second place is is 2023 the year I think personally as good a chance as any because your song let's talk about your song Lighthouse is the name of your song it is such a beautiful ballad before you tell us about it actually let's hear a little bit of it now
So, Cece, tell us more about the song that we have just heard some of. So, Lighthouse is a song that I wrote for myself. Whenever I write music and, you know, art and poetry and stuff, I do write for other people a lot. But this song was so purely mine. It was about grief. It is about grief. Uh, It is the grief of a loved one. Uh, I lost two of my family members to the sea. before I wrote that song half a year ago, they drowned. Very dear family members of mine, my best friends. Uh, and then I also came out of a very long relationship, a person who I thought I might be spending the rest of my life with. And all of that has a lot of grief in it. And I did not allow myself to feel this grief. I told myself I shouldn't feel it. I should be like everyone else. I should be strong, right? And then half a year goes by and it doesn't really get better. And then you think to yourself, well, it should be over by now, right? And I stopped writing music because in every single song I wrote, my ex would be in there and I would be like, no, I don't, he's gone. I'm not feeling anything for him. And I would have so much pain in there that I just didn't want to face. So I just stopped writing music. Those are actually the first the words to the song. I stopped writing music because you're in all of my songs. Um, and then one of my mentors really gave me the best advice I've ever heard. And that's an advice that truly shaped and changed my life with one year. And that's, uh, she said that you need to learn to hold your pain. You're not afraid of people leaving you. You're not afraid of failing. You're afraid that if that pain comes, you're not going to be able to handle it. And how you do that is you start by making space for your emotions and realizing that they really are all okay. So this song is almost like a therapy song for me. I'm really interested in what you said there about this song really being kind of therapy for you because, you know, you've said two hugely traumatic events, of course, are are what have, have eventually resulted in, in Lighthouse and in this song. How is it for you to perform it? Because is it is it emotionally difficult or is it like therapy? Do you, do you get relief Neither. from... No, go on. Neither, because the therapy was writing the song. It took so much bravery to get it onto the page. Yeah. And but bravery like towards myself. Yeah. To actually see these things. And now when I sing it, there's a lot of peace and there's so much calm. Like even I mean, this person who um, whom I broke up with, uh, who is kind of you know the the song is in this romantic kind of lane a bit, like a relationship ending. I'm not outrightly singing about death. Since I've made even peace with that relationship, now I'm not singing to anyone anymore. But I am singing the song to myself every time I'm on stage. And it brings me this calm and this joy that I was actually willing to work through this, that I can actually sing this song with calm. Like, I think that's amazing. And that authenticity just comes through in bucket loads when when people hear the song, people Thank listen you. to the song, and, and people, will, people will see you perform it. I mean, we know that you're in the second semi-final of, of Estee Lau, so... Yeah. That is on the 14th of January, so not long to not long to wait for people to see that. What is it like being back in, in the competition again? Because Estee Lal is a is a special beast, isn't it? It's it's a very it unique is. the very unique contest. Uh, it's it's always a learning curve. Like this time, 
I'm really leading this team who's working with me, right? We have musicians, we have um, artists who are helping me. We have vide videographers, I think that's how you say it. Uh, my manager and you have your producer. So it's this huge team. And this year I'm learning to guide the team. So this is very new for me. I've always been the person that as in, you take the reins and I'll just kind of follow along. So I'm really trying to take charge of my own life a little bit more. So this is new with this year. And it's so fast. There's so many things happening all the time. So it's really this good chance to try and keep on top of everything. So I'm really looking at it this year as a, I'm learning. Okay, I'm here to learn. I'm not going to coast through. I want to be present for everything. And it's so good as well. Because I mean, I love being on stage. Being on stage feels like it's a second home for me. It's from a young age, it's where I felt the most natural, like the most me. So this chance to really sing to people and connect with everyone through music is, oh, it's brilliant. So it's really pleasant this year. Plus, amazing people, the other competitors, like they're amazing people. They're so much fun. Even we keep in touch a little bit with some of them, even like when we're not actively together in the competition. And so, yeah, this is a cool year. So what is life looking like for you between now and then? Actually, first thing I've got to ask you about, because, of course, between now and then we have Christmas. What are the plans? What are you up to? I always spend Christmas with my family. I have a family that's very close knit. We love each other dearly and we will take any chance to come together and eat behind the big table. So it's always that. My grandmother, my mother, my great-grandmother, who lives with my parents as well as my mom, they're in the kitchen the whole day. They are. They will be cooking. We're going to have Latin music playing. People are going to be dancing every now and then. Me and my sister, you know, just, you know, maybe cleaning the house, dancing at the same time. And <laughs> just really enjoying. I, I, my family's so alive. And I love that. So our Christmases are really, really together. And in the evening when everyone gets presents, we have this cheeky Santa who likes to take uh, two random packages. And it can be my mother and her niece who is seven years old and now these two people have to come together and create a performance on spot to get that package so you might have my niece playing the violin and my mother doing uh, modern dancing around her or me and my sister uh, writing songs together so she'll start the song and i'll take over and sing the rest and just like improvising and singing and creating art I know it sounds like a lot of fun. That's what it sounds like. A real fun, yeah. a real fun family time. And when I told James, my co-host on the podcast, that we were going to be chatting for today's episode, he said you have to ask Cece about their food at Christmas time because I bet <laughs> I bet food in your house at Christmas is brilliant. It is. My dad is the most amazing cook. Like he's been cooking my whole life. It's not the usual where the mother cooks. No, we have the father cooking. He's so good at it. He was even offered like a restaurant deal once. So food, big deal. Uh, so this year they've already tried through, I think, four different recipes. And then me and my sister, my mom and my dad, we have group chat that we're quite active on and we do video calls. And then they'll tell us about like, oh, you know, the chicken roulade, it's, it's not going to work. We try this, like too much work. And then going like, oh, we're going to try this thing next and then have this full feast in front of you every Christmas. I mean, I think I'm just purely lucky enough to have food on the table in a family who's this brilliant because I know not many people have that. So I, I don't want to take this for granted. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. No, that, that is such an important message. And then moving on from Christmas, when you finally managed to get yourself off the sofa after a really, really fun time <laughs> with the family, what is next? Presumably, there's a lot of rehearsing happening between now and that, that second semi-final. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, it's it's so much and I'm so excited for it. 
to really get moving. And you know, having Christmas here is good. It's like this moment to unwind a little bit because ACLon picked up speed right away and now you get to unwind and then you go go again. So it's a lot of rehearsals with my backing vocals. I have my mother and my sister doing my stage show as always. They did time, they did strong uh, and they stayed out as well. My mother is a dancer and a choreographer. So they do the show. So it's uh, even getting together with them and having rehearsals. It's meeting the designer, um, Yeroman. She's a brilliant designer and really um, going through what I want and how we're going to build it and everything. So it's so many little details that really come in to create this three minute song. Cece, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I hope you have the best Christmas. Send send all of our regards to the family. And of Amen. course, of course, we are all behind you for, for SD Lao 2023. So good luck and thank you for joining us. Thank you. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, it's wonderful to have Cece back on the podcast. Have you figured out when we last spoke to her? It must have been a long time ago. I think, I think this is right. Do you remember our selection season rap party in 2021 when we had Cece and Pedro Goncalves? Yes, but I think we had her back on just before the 2021 contest because we found out she was going to be reading the points for Estonia. That was it. She was the Estonian spokesperson in 2021, wasn't she? She was, yeah. Uh, thanks for asking, as you described, my question about food. We all know if I'm well. <laughs> that was definitely your question. Yeah, well, I don't know. I feel like I've got this reputation now for asking a lot of questions about food, and therefore I thought, for a change, it may as well come from you. But she didn't actually give any specifics away as to what they were eating. She just said, yeah, the food's great. My dad's a great cook. Mm. But what? What's he cooking? And I, <laughs> I, felt like, I felt like I couldn't be that forceful. Uh, with her but it's nice to know that Eurovision winner Dave Benton is, is is good in the kitchen and as we also learned in that chat has a new kidney so congratulations on your new <laughs> kidney Dave congratulations you can't in the post uh anyway let's wrap up today's episode this week's episode rather with of course the one second song the part of the podcast where we take in turns to play each other the very first second of a Eurovision song and we have to try and guess simply which song it is rob please tell me have you done the maths because we got a bit lost with where the where the scores are last week honestly i promised i would didn't i you did and you messaged me about an hour ago saying yeah don't worry it's your one second song i'll figure out the points Uh, you haven't then you haven't kept your side of the deal i've been very bit well i've been very busy (laughs) i've had a lot on no i haven't but i'm pretty sure i'm still winning you did well last week to get two points from a junior Eurovision one second song, so mm. you should be you should be applauded for that. We will, for the first episode of twenty twenty three, we will have the we will have the points total ready. I promise that. Yeah, and I'm all right. I'm thinking this is the last one second song of the year. It it will be. It will indeed. And I've been choosing it. So Rob, and for you listening at home, you've got to figure out the song title, the artist, the country represented, and the year it took part in the Eurovision Song Contest. So, if you're ready, here it comes. It's this week's one second song. Oh, I think I know it. I think I know it. I think I know it. I think you've, once again, I think you've picked an easy one. Yeah, okay, okay. Very confident. Let's have it one more time uh, for everyone at home. Now, there are a lot of songs that could start like this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like your confidence levels when you first heard it were sort of up and down like a roller coaster. Have you 
Do you think you've settled? Do you think you're confident? I don't know if I have settled now because now I'm like, oh, actually, there is another song that does start just like that as well, and maybe it's not the song that you first thought it was. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to pick one in three, two, one. Rob, what is it? You can't force me to do that. <laughs> uh, dum, dum, dum. I'm gonna be wrong. I know I'm gonna be wrong now. I don't think it is this song. I think it's the other song that I think it is, but I can't think what it was. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't, but I'm excited to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say, so my guess for this week then is uh, Rosalind, Snap, Armenia 2022. It's not right, is it? Hey, he's gone very confident. He's gone very bold. Hey, just out of interest, what was your other choice? Well, no, this is the problem. I know there is another song that starts like this. Obviously, there is, if this is wrong. Uh, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. And you're going to say it. If, if I'm wrong, you're going to say it. And I'm going to be like, of course it is. The one you were meant to say, Rob, I'm afraid, because uh, you've got zero points, was in uh, fact... No. Switzerland. Ah! Uh, 2014. Ah! Uh, Sabalta. Oh, no, that's honestly not what I was going to go for. I don't know what oh. song I was thinking of. <laughs> well, it was Hunter of Stars anyway. I honestly can't even think what song it was that I was thinking of. <laughs> That's a bop though, isn't it? Old Sabalta there. Yeah, it is. A lovely, lovely song. And um, we've been, typically recently, we've been trying to theme it to the podcast and stuff that's happened. Um, I must admit, um, I think it was two minutes before you joined the call and I went, oh, blimey, I've not thought of one. And honestly, I just pressed, uh, I just clicked randomly in my batch of Eurovision music and went, that one, I'm going to have that one. So it has, n- <laughs> has nothing to do with the podcast this week, apart from the fact that it represents the fact that I was underprepared. Well, at least you've been honest. At least you've been honest. That's fine. And, you know, you didn't leave me on a merry dance while I tried to work out that <laughs> Sebalta was once in a lift with Dave Benton and like, do you know what I mean? So thank you at least for doing that for me. So that's it then. Uh, No points to you, Rob, for that one, which should make tallying up the scores for the new year a little bit easier. We're going to get on with that over the next few weeks um, until we're back in the new year. We may be back with you sooner than you think. We may be back with you next week for a little Christmas treat. We're working on something. So fingers crossed if you're listening that we can pull it off. And if we do, it's a big, big interview, something you will definitely want to hear. Yeah, you might remember, over the last couple of years, this is something that we've done over Christmas. We've brought you two special episodes. So I remember in 2020, James, of course, we had your feature-length chat, didn't we? With Paul Harrington and Charlie McGettigan, Eurovision's rock and roll kids, and our very first chat with Lee Smithers. That was also Christmas 2020. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. And then last year we brought you uh, Karin Gunnarsson from SVT, um, heading up Melody Festival. And, and I think you brought us uh, Yonol Asand, wasn't it? So they're, they're always typically... dare yeah. you almost forget Yonola's name, yeah. Yonola <laughs> Sand was on the podcast over Christmas last year. If you haven't listened to any of these previous Christmas bonuses, do go back and have a listen. But all we'll say is if this does happen, and at the time we're recording, it might, it might not, it might, we hope it will... The guest is of a similar calibre. Mm, yeah, a big, 
big interview. So keep your fingers crossed, please. We're still trying to make it happen. Um, so we might be back with you next week or we might not. But if we're not, it just makes the wait even more special when we're back with you in the new year. But either way, until we're back with you, make sure you keep in touch with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. And you can read all of our exclusive stories on EurotripPodcast.com. And as well, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. I think, do you remember, we did our select... I've just had a sandwich and I'm... Oh, oh dear. I was like, shall I bring some water? And I, I thankfully I did. Two seconds. If it's any consolation, I had a cinnamon swirl stuck in my throat over the last 10 minutes. Oh, I love a cinnamon swirl. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.